شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب يقول المصنف رحمه الله باب ما جاء في أن الغلو في الصالحين يصيرها أوثانا تعبد من دون الله The point of this chapter is to show that going overboard and extreme when it comes to the graves of the righteous people they change, it makes these graves or it turns these graves into أوثانا things that are worshipped besides Allah Al-Wathan, Awthan, is the plural of the word Wathan. And Al-Wathan is anything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it be a grave or whether it be a statue. We have two words in, in this category. We have the word which is Al-Asnam. Al-Asnam. And Al-Sanam, Al-Asnam is idols. They're idols. Something that is built in the shape of an, of an idol. Of something that has life in it, like a human being, or is built in the shape of an animal, or a human being, or an angel. This is called sanam. As for the uh, a more a more broad word, then it is al-wathan. The plural of it, it is the plural of it is awthan. Anything that is worshipped besides Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is called a a wathan. Yani something that you. You you worship you you turn your direct, you turn towards this direction in order to worship it besides Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Exactly. Then he says the reason for it is al ghulu fi salihin fi qubur salihin. And what we realize here is that one of the first things that the first types of fitna that opens the door to shirk is being and going to extremes with regards to the graves of the righteous. A person dies. And when they do, when they die, the people who bury them, or now the people who bury them, they go to their graves and they try to, or they go overboard with, with regards to those graves, either by worshiping them or touching them in a way, or just worshiping Allah at their grave. All of these things, which are going overboard with regards to the righteous people, they are all turuq al musila. They are ways that lead to shirk. And the sharia came with the qa'idah principle which is saddu al-dhara'ir. If you guys remember. What's saddu al-dhara'ir? Saddu al-dhara'ir. Anything that, you know, anything that, the sharia came to block off anything that is a means to a sin. Not just a sin. It comes off to block off the means to the sin as well. Right? So therefore the sharia prohibited going overboard with regards to the, right, to the, um, Graves of the righteous people Because they That is a road And a pathway To taking them As the gods Besides Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala طيب, The evidence for this رَوَى مَالِكٌ فِي الْمُوَطَّعِ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ He said Imam Malik in written Muwatta That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Allahumma la taj'al qabri Wathanan yu'bad Ishtadda ghadabu Allahi Ala qawmin Ittakhadhu qubura Anbiya'ihim masajid he said he made dua to Allah. Oh, Allahumma la taj'al qabri wathanan. Oh Allah, do not make my grave a wathan. Yu'bad that is worshipped. Ishtadda ghadabu Allah. The anger of Allah has become extreme. Ala qawmin ittakhadu qubur anbiya'ihim masajid. 
against a group of people who took their, who have taken the graves of their prophets as a, as a, as masajid, as places of worship. And this is one of the ways of going extreme, going to extremes when it comes to the graves of the righteous people. It is to take it as a place of mas- of sujood, as a place of salah. Right, we took the last chapter, which went. What did, what did it say? It said that the one um, taking the graves as a, as a masajid. That remember the last chapter. What did we take? What was that about again? Worshiping, worshiping Allah at the grave. Now, worshiping Allah at the grave. That's prohibited itself. So, what about worshiping the one who's in the grave? So, this is from the ways that these uh, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala prohibited. Um, Anything that leads to shirk with regards to the graves, it is by not allowing them to go overboard with the graves by taking them as masajid. Well, Ibn Jarir in the Sanadihi and Sufyan and Mansuri and Mujahid, Ibn Jarir in Tabari, Rahimullah, narrating his tafsir from Sufyan and who's that? And, and Mansur? Sufyan al Thawri. not Sufyan ibn because Sufyan ibn Ayyna, if, if you remember, Sufyan al Thawri is from Kufa, Sufyan ibn Ayyna is from Mecca. So generally, they have a lot of narrators that they both narrated from, but generally if you find that from Mansur ibn Mu'tamir, for example, um, and similar, you find that it is Sufyan al-Thawri, even though this one's from Mujahid. So let's look at it. Someone look into it, inshallah. <coughs> is it Sufyan al-Thawri or Ibn Arayna? He said, أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتَ وَالْعُزَّةِ Who is Allat? قَالَ كَانَ يَلُدْتُ لَهُمُ السَّوِيقَ فَمَاتَ فَعَكَفُوا عَلَى قَبْرِهِ that Allat was a man. He was called Allat because Kana Yalutu Sawik to mix. Yalutu Yani he used to mix. What did he used to do? He used to mix a sawik which is um flour. He used to mix flour with uh water or a salmon fat or butter and he would make food for the Hujjaj, the people who came for Hajj, and he would give it out to them. And so he was known to be a righteous person. So that's why he was called Al-Lat Because they, he used to mix the food And when he died فَمَاتَ فَعَكَفُوا عَلَى قَبْرِهِ What did they do? They then عُكُوفَ at his grave They stayed at his grave يعني venerating his grave And so venerating his grave was the reason why He was worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this whole chapter is just to show us That the reason that these, these people who are attached to graves Is the first thing, is the first step that leads to a shirk Well not the first step, it's one of the steps that leads to shirk with these graves. So this is how Allah became someone worshipped besides Allah because they just stayed at his grave after he was a righteous person. وَكَذَا قَالَ أَبُوا الْجَوْزَاءِ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَاسِ كَانَ يَلُتُّ السَّوِيقَ لِلْحَاجِ Ibn Abbas narrated that he used to do, he used to mix this food for the hujjaj, people of hajj. وَعَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا قَالَ لَعَنَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ زَائِرَاتِ الْقُبُورِ that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam cursed the women who visit graves. That's the first group of people who are cursed. Women who visit graves. المساجد, and those who take the graves as masajid. And they light up the graves. So three things have been prohibited here. Number one is for the women to visit the grave. The women visiting the grave, there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars on the ruling of visiting the grave for the women. Is it allowed or is it not allowed? And based on this hadith, it shows that it is not allowed for the woman to visit the grave. 
Rather, they say that it is a major sin. And we have another hadith that says, Allah has cursed those women who constantly visit the grave. And so, the scholars, they differed on this. What is the ruling on a woman visiting the grave? Is it allowed or is it not allowed? Or is it allowed if she doesn't do it too much? <clears throat> and what seems to be correct, Wallahu alam, even though there is a difference of opinion, is that the woman is not allowed to visit the grave at all. She is not allowed to visit the grave at all. Why? Because in this hadith it says, Zairatul Qubur, the one who visits the graves, mutlaqan generally. And the other, the other hadith says, she constantly visits the grave. She constantly visits the grave. So therefore, if she constantly visits the grave, then she's cursed. And if she visits the grave, then she's also, it's also a sin. But constantly visiting the grave is just the worst sin. And that is to wait, a way to combine both hadith. And if we say this hadith just means constantly, then it's basically ignoring this hadith and just taking that hadith. So we say, Wallahu alam, that the woman, she is not allowed to visit the grave. Another hadith which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, um, إِنِّي كُنْتُ قَدْ نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْ زِيَارَةِ الْقُبُورِ أَلَا فَزُورُوهَا I prohibited you, I used to prohibit you from visiting the grave. And then he said, أَلَا فَزُورُوهَا But now go visit it. Visit the graves. Why? فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِرُكُمُ الْآخِرَةِ Because they remind, it reminds you of the Akhirah. Who is this for? It's for the men only. It's only for the men. Someone might say, why is it not for the women? We say, because the women, they were never commanded to visit the graves. According to all scholars. No scholar said that it's mustahab or wajib for a woman to visit, for a, woman to visit a grave. So we say that this hadith is only for the men, wallahu alam. Naam. No, Alhamdulillah. Again, that's, that's, the scholar, that's, the, that's the difference of opinion. But I said that it's not allowed. It's not allowed generally. And this, this hadith, Allah, the curse of Allah, is the one who visits it generally. Anyone who visits it. Allah, you know that. Allah masajid. The second prohibition is to take the graves as masajid. To take the graves as a masajid. The curse of Allah is upon them. Okay? And we mentioned what it means to take a grave as a masjid. To pray at the grave for Allah. Or to pray at the grave for the one in the grave. Both of them is cursed. And one of them is worse than the other. If you go to the grave and pray to Allah at the grave. Then you are cursed. And still a Muslim. And if you go to the grave and you pray towards that person in the grave, then they are cursed. And as a person is a mushrik kafir. Tayyip. Wasuruj. And those who light up the graves. Lighten up the graves. What does that mean by that? It means to put lamps at the graveyard. Putting lamps at the graveyard when there is no need to do so. Obviously, if you find if you find the Muslim country generally, you see that there's no lamps. Or not, actually, to be honest, you can't even make a comparison to the Muslim countries. I'm talking about Al-Baqi'ah in Medina. So Muslim countries they have a lot of mukhalafat, a lot of things that goes wrong. But if you talk about Medina, they you find that you don't have the graves or in 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 in, 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 in specifically in Saudi Arabia you don't you don't find the um, lights in the masajid. So what you do they, they carry the lights there for the, for the need. But as for constantly lighting up the graves and making the place making a place where there is lighting, then it's prohibited. Why? Because it is a dhari'ah It is a way that leads to show it. it it could be seen as a veneration of the graves. Understand? It could be seen as veneration of the graves that you light it up. And look, notice this, subhanAllah, how far the sharia went when it comes to prohibiting all of the ways of shirk. All of the ways of shirk. Even the lighting of the graves is not allowed. Because it could lead to someone assuming that these graves are, they are venerated. They should be venerated. Uh, venerated, yani, uh, put up in status. Right? That's not the state, that's not the situation of the graves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here 
or the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had cursed three groups of people. لعن الله زائرات زائر زائرات القبور those who visit the graves the women والمتخذين عليها المساجد and those who worship Allah at the graves or worship at the graves والسروج and those who light up the graves. اللعن cursing is it is a it shows it is a sign that something is a major sin. As we know that one of the signs that something is a major sin is that Allah subhanahu wa taala cursed the one who done it. Like Imam Abu Musa al Hajjawi said. فَمَا فِيهِ حَدٌّ فِي الدُّنَا أَوْ تَوَعُدٌ بِأُخْرَى فَاسْمْ كُبْرَى عَلَى نَصْرِ أَحْمَدِ وَزَادَ حَفِيدُ الْمَجْدِ أَوْجَى وَعِيدُهُ بِنَفْيٍ لِإِيمَانٍ وَلَعْنٍ مُبَعِدِينَ So that the four things that show that something's a, 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 a major sin is a punishment in the dunya or a punishment in the akhirah. Punishment in the dunya has been promised for someone who does that. Or like the one who does zina and kills and stuff like that. Or a punishment in the akhirah. Like... Allah said uh, they'll be in the hellfire forever. That shows us a major sin. Or they'll be in the hellfire. Or they'll be punished in a certain way. As it comes from the zina, zina and stuff like that. Number three is nafili iman. A negation of iman. Allah, in the hadith or in the, in the Quran it says, the one who does this has no iman. That shows us a major sin. Wallahi la yu'min, wallahi la yu'min, wallahi la yu'min. Wallahi he's not, he doesn't believe, he's not a believer, he doesn't believe. Who? Man la ya'manu jaruhu bawa... Man la ya'manu jaruhu bawa'iqah. Or man la ya'manu jaru bawa'iqah The one who is is is, is neighbor is not safe from him. Negation of iman. Number four is wallaani mubaidi a curse. Laan like Allah says in the Quran, "Wman yaqtul mu'minan mutamida, fajazahu jahannamu khalidan fiha wa ghadib Allahu alaihi wa laanahu." Allah has cursed the one who kills a believer on purpose. These are all signs of a major sin. Now, you have a question too. You know, by generation, does it like light up the facade or the graceful? Um, does it by extension include putting flowers? Or no. Yeah, I mean, putting flowers is not included in this one, in this hadith. But is it allowed or not? There's different opinion amongst the scholars on that. But it doesn't come under this hadith specifically. But there is a different opinion. Yeah, it shows his iman is deficient. Unless, unless this is a shirk or kufr or something that, that we have other evidences to show that it is kufr or not. So, of the negation, of the negation of iman and the iman of Allah, um, what was that? Um, that punishment in the dunya or punishment in the akhirah has been rated for that sin. Rawahu ahlus sunan. فيه مسائل الأولى تفسير الأوثان the meaning of أوثان we explained it الثانية تفسير العبادة the explanation of عبادة what it is we explained that الثالث أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يستعيد إلا مما يخاف وقوعه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he never uh, sought refuge from something that he feared wouldn't have, would happen يعني he sought refuge from something that he feared would happen what does that mean some people especially if you speak to these Ahlul Qubur, people of the graves, the, the way they, the way they, um, the people who worship the graves, they say that this ummah can never fall into shirk. This ummah can never fall into shirk. And they use the hadith like Iblis or Shaitan has lost hope in being worshipped in the Jazirat al Arab, in the Arabian Peninsula. And so they say that because of that, shirk cannot happen in this ummah. But we say there's multiple evidences, and the whole, a whole chapter is going to come, in fact, to show that it can happen in this ummah. And we seek refuge with Allah from it happening. From, in fact, there's a, there's a whole chapter to say that it will happen in this ummah. We're going to come to it, inshallah, after the next chapter, inshallah. 
But another evidence here in this chapter to show that it can happen in this ummah is that the Prophet ﷺ made dua for it not to happen. And therefore, if not to happen at his grave, therefore, is it possible for it to happen? It would have been possible. Because the Prophet ﷺ would not make dua for something that was not going to happen anyway. He would not make dua for something that was not going to happen anyway. Yani, for example, someone says, um, so it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not yani, logical to say, Oh Allah, create angels. Oh Allah, create angels. Did Allah create angels already? So is it logical for someone to make that dua? No, it's not. Tayyib, if shirk was never going to happen, is it logical for someone to say, for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to say, Ya Allah, don't allow shirk to happen. Because it wasn't going to happen anyway, right? But the fact that he made dua, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make his grave as a weapon, that his worship besides Allah shows that it can happen. It is possible to happen. And in fact, we're going to come to the chapter that shows that it does happen amongst this ummah. As opposed to those people, the Sufiya who say, that it is not possible for this ummah to fall into shirk. How do you make the Iblis So the hadith of Iblis says inna, inna Iblis, inna shaytan qad ayasa. He has lost hope The fact that shaytan has lost hope Doesn't mean it can't happen He's lost hope He's less, he's less likely Number two It happened amongst the Sahaba He's lost hope for it to happen amongst the Companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Not amongst his whole ummah Right So the fact that he lost hope Does not show that there's no hope It still can happen And number two It was amongst the Sahaba the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam here was accepted, yes, but it's not always accepted, no. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, inni qad rabbi, I asked Allah for, for three things, so he gave me two, and he didn't give me the third. And he said, and the dua that he was he asked was, Allah that he doesn't make this ummah fight amongst each other, and so he didn't give me that. The Ummah will fight amongst each other He didn't give me that But as for this one It did happen The Prophet Sallallahu grave Can it be taken as a, as a Wathan Besides Allah No it can't be Why Remember what we mentioned About Ibn Al-Qayyim When he said فَأَجَابَ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ دُعَاءَهُ وَأَحَاطَهُ بِثَلَاثَةِ الْجُدْرَانِ He said that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Responded to this dua So how did he respond to this dua By uh, surrounding the grave Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam By three walls The grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is surrounded by three walls and a gate And another gate To the point that no one can actually get to the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu To worship it in the first place Understand? So no one can actually get it So when someone is facing the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He's not facing the, the grave is, he's, not, he's nowhere near the grave He's nowhere near the grave for him to be even able to, be even able to worship it So therefore Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala did respond to this dua Al-Rabi'ah um, that he um, he put together this istiada, secret refuge of Allah from his grave being taken as a place of worship and the fact that the people they took the graves of the prophets as masajid and it happened. Al Allah mentioning the extreme anger of Allah. It's not just anger, rather it's extreme anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. السادسة وهي من أهمها معرفة صفة عبادة اللات التي هي من أكبر الأوثان knowing about why Lat was worshipped Lat was worshipped because he was a righteous person right and he is, now he became from the biggest of idols السابعة معرفة أنه قبر رجل صالح it is the grave of a righteous person 
الثامنة أنه اسم صاحب القبر وذكر معنى التسمية mentioned the name of Allah why was named that those who constantly or those who visit the graves the curse of Allah is upon those who light up the graveyards this this um, chapter is talking about how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam closed all doors of shirk. He closed all doors of shirk, and he protected Al Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He protected the sanctity of tawheed. And he closed all doors to shirk. And it's the principle which is said with dhari'ah. Closing the doors to a sin. And from amongst the biggest sins that have been, has been closed amongst our ummah is shirk. Meaning, our ummah when it comes to shirk, it has closed the most doors. As opposed to all other nations before us. The nations before us, certain things were allowed amongst them. But certain things became haram upon this ummah in order to close the doors to shirk. Because our ummah is the strictest, when it, or the most strict, when it comes to al-tawheed, al-hanifiyyah, when it comes to tawheed. And when it comes to actions, it's the most easy. Right? Example of that being the Jews, when Najasa would get on their clothing, they would have to rip off that part of that clothing. As for our ummah, we wash it off. In the previous nation, some of the scholars, they said that the person, he wasn't allowed to... Um, if he was forced, he's not allowed to do something haram. He has to be killed. Even if he's going to do something haram. And our ummah, we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to say something haram if we're forced. Right? Our ummah is, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, I was, I was sent with al-hanifiyyatu samha. I was sent with tawheed al-hanifiyyatu samha that is easy. And so the, deen, so the, Prophet, the scholars, they say, the deen of Islam is samhun or hanifun fil i'tiqad, samhun fil amal. It is Strict with regards to Tawheed and belief And easy with regards to our actions We're allowed to combine the Salah When we need When there's rain We're allowed to combine the Salah When you're traveling You're allowed to combine the Salah When you're traveling You don't have to fast All of these Rukhas in the Sharia These things These concessions That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gave to us But when it comes to Tawheed It is the most strict More strict than other nations They were allowed to do sujood To other than Allah Out of respect Us We're not even allowed to do sujood Out of respect to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we find the brothers of Yusuf when they went entered into Yusuf. What did they do? They then They went into sujood to Yusuf, right? Suleiman, they used to build for Suleiman uh, statues, right? And things like that. Babu fi al Mustafa. Al Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the name, one of the names of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, al Mustafa, and it comes from many hadith. From the hadith become being the hadith of Sahih Muslim. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah astafa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he chose from, the, from Banu Ismail, Kinana. And he chose from Kinana, Quraysh. And he chose from Quraysh, Banu Hashim. And he chose from Banu Hashim, Wastafani min Bani Hashim. He chose me from Banu Hashim. So that he was the chosen one from the chosen, from the chosen, from the chosen ones. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the chosen one from all of human beings. That's why in the hadith narrated by Imam Ahmed, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I am the Prophet, the chosen one, Al-Mustafa. So it's one of the names of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. طيب. وقول الله تعالى لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم 
they have there has come to you a messenger min anfusikum from amongst you azizun alayhim a'anittum any harm should touch you is hard for him for any harm to touch you the one who hates for harm to touch someone is he going to leave any energy in his body to not warn you from the harm, harmful things of course not the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved us the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was eager to send this message the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam hated for any harm to touch us do you think that he's now going to leave any door and any any way that's going to lead to evil except that he's going to warn us from it of course not he's going to warn us from every door of evil because he's the one who loves us he's the one who wants to send this message and he's the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was commanded by allah to send this message يا الرسول بلغ ما أنزل إليك من ربك أو messenger convey this message that was sent to you from your Lord from your رب right and so this is the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم this description of his in and of itself is a sign that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did not leave any evil except that he warned us from it and that's the confirmation of the hadith of Aisha رضي الله عنها when she said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that there was no prophet from the prophets except that it was a right upon him that he would tell his ummah the best of the he, the best that he knows command them the best that he knows and he would keep them and he would warn them from the worst that he knows and that was a right upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that's the wajhud dilala in the evidence an abi hurairah radiyallahu anhu qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا ولا تجعلوا قبري عيدا وصلوا علي فإن صلاتكم تبلغني حيث كنتم رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن ورواته الثقات The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا Do not make your houses graveyards How? By not reciting the Quran but not praying your salah You should pray your salah Other than the five daily prayers, you should pray them at home. It's sunnah for you to pray the the rawatib, the sunan, the nawafil before fajr, after before dhuhr, after dhuhr, at home. Salatul duha, salatul layl. You should pray all of them at home, except for the five daily prayers. How does someone make his house a graveyard by not praying there? That shows what that that shows what that you can't pray in the graveyard because. The graveyard is the place that you don't pray. So if you don't pray at home, you made it like a graveyard. If you don't pray at home, you've made it, make it, you've made it like a graveyard because the graveyards are places that you don't pray at. So it says, لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا ولا تجعلوا قبري عيدا And do not make my grave an عيد. يعني, do not make my grave a place that is constantly visited. Constantly visited. So Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala would hate for a person to constantly go to the grave of the Prophet sallallahu every day to give salam every day Imam Malik would dislike that because a person is now making it a place of celebration and a place of constant reoccurring uh, worship right again closing the door to shirk even though it's allowed to give salam to the Prophet sallallahu but constantly doing it he prohibited it وَلَتَجْعَلُ قَبْرِ عِيدًا وَصَلُّوا عَلَيَّ and send salah to me يعني say send salah to the Prophet sallallahu Meaning, say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. فَإِنَّ صَلَاتَكُمْ تَبْلُغُنِ حَيْثُ كُنْتُمْ Because your salah, your dua for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it reaches me wherever you are. It reaches me wherever you are. If you're far away or close to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it reaches the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, The salah of my ummah ma'rudatun aliyya. 
it is presented to me. And it is said, this is the salah of Fulan ibn Fulan, so and so, the son of so and so. So Ibn Mas'ud was narrated from him. Some the Qadi Iyad, the Qadi Iyad, Yahsubi, brings in his kitab al Shifa. Uh, it's narrated from Ibn Mas'ud that he said, when you send salah on the Prophet, do it properly. Send salah on the Prophet properly, in the best way, meaning using the best words, and say it in a proper way. Why? Because it may be presented to the Prophet with your name. And you are saying sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he sent Abdullah ibn Sulfulan is sending salah on you, O Messenger of Allah. Do you not want it to be presented to him in the best way? The Messenger of Allah, the one who we love the most, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he said, Ahsinu, do good in that. Send salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the best way. How do we do it in the best way? Number one, using the best words. Where you can say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but you can say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ali. And it's a longer one. It's good like And number two, is to say it in the proper way. You find, how, do, how many people do you hear when they say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu That's disrespectful. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, إِذَا إِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُوا الذِّبْحَةِ وَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَةِ When you slaughter an animal, do it in a good way. When you do it, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ بِالْإِحْسَانِ فِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ He commanded ihsan for you to do good in everything, in a good way. So what about when you're sending salah on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? You're saying Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You can't even hear Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You can't hear what he's saying. This is something that is not very, it's not good. It's not something that's good. Send it in the, in the, in the best possible way. Ibn Mas'ud, he said, send, when you send Salah on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, send it in the best, best possible way. Because it might be presented to him. And it is presented to him. That is the case. Um, what was I going to say? Naam. And so this is an ibadah. When you're sending salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is an act of worship. And we were commanded to do it in the best way. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whenever you send salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say it in the, in the best way. Because we were commanded to have ihsan in ibadah. Ihsan. Naam, Tal. Is it obligatory on everyone to say it? The majority of the scholars, they say it is sunnah. It is recommended for you to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when you hear the name of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My Shaykh, rahimahullah ta'ala, Shaykh Muhammad Ali Adam, Ethiopia, rahimahullah, whenever we would read hadith in the majlis in Mecca, and the, the, the reader would say, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would say out loud, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for every single time, because he believed that it was obligatory. And that is an opinion amongst the scholars. Naam, it's an opinion amongst the scholars. Wallahu alam seems to be the correct opinion. Why? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, may he be cursed, the one who hears my name and does not say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? So wallahu alam seems to be a strong opinion. Even when you're writing it down, if you write, peace be upon him. No. Even when you write it down, you write sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it's not enough to write P-B-U-H or to write Saad or to write, no, you write sallallahu alayhi wa sallam properly. Yeah, you can read, leave it till later, no problem. طيب. الحمد لله. وعن علي بن الحسين، علي بن الحسين، who's علي بن الحسين؟ علي بن الحسين بن علي بن أبي طالب، right؟ زين العابدين، زين العابدين، the one who's known as زين العابدين، the one who was with his father الحسين when he was killed at Karbala. he was with his father when الحسين was killed and seventy of his family members were killed on that day at Karbala. And a benefit when Hussein said, Where is this place where, where I'm at? When he got to Karbala, they said to him, It is Karbala. He said, This is a place that is Karb wa Bala. 
يعني it's going to be hardship and tests and so he was killed in that place رضي الله تعالى عنه زين العابدين علي بن حسين رضي الله عنه is his son the grandson of علي and the great grandson of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه رأى رجلا he was a man of عبادة a man who was known as a scholar of Islam and a man of worship right جرير when he there's a story about him when عبد الملك من المروان what came to the Kaaba and when he came to the Kaaba and he was walking around he wanted to touch the black stone but even though the Khalifa Abd al-Malik Marwan he was the Khalifa right the leader of the Muslims it was hard for him to touch the black stone and so he went up and he, st- he, stood, he went up in a place and he was watching the Kaaba and every time a man would walk past next to the black stone when he would get to the close to the black stone they would open up the way and he would go in and kiss it and come out and he would go around and go around and, and Abd al-Malik Marwan he knew who he was but he didn't want to, he wanted to belittle the man and so he said who is this person that the people are leaving him to go to the black stone they don't let me I'm the Khalifa so Jarir was his poet and he said and Jarir used to love Ahl Bayt the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so he says هذا الذي تعرف البطحاء وطأته هذا الذي تعرف البطحاء وطأته هذا السيد الملك العلم and he said هذا الذي هذا ابن فاطمة إن كنت جاهله this is the son of Fatima and he gives beautiful lines of poetry praising Al-Hasan Ali ibn Hussein Zain al-Abdin radiyallahu anhu he said in one of the lines he said ما قال لا قط إلا في تشهده ولو للتشهد كانت لاؤه نعم if it wasn't for the he never said لا in ever his life he never said no he was someone who was known to be generous he would give the poor and to the point that when he died people used to get money every, outside the house of the poor they used to get money outside the houses every night they didn't know who gave it to them. When he died, that's, it stopped. And so they knew it was him. And so he was very generous. So Jiri said, He said, He never said no, la. Except in his tashahud. And he said, La ilaha illallah. He never said no. Illa fi tashahudihi. Walau la tashahudu. And if it wasn't for the tashahud, Kanat la'u na'amu. His la, no would have been na'am. Would have been yes. This is Ali ibn Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala rahimahullah ta'ala anahu ra'a rajulan yaji'u ila furjatin kanat inda qabri nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he saw a man he used to come at a at this time the grave wasn't surrounded by anything by the way it was open you can go inside so he would go inside and he would go inside the grave of the, the grave of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through a hole that was there he would go through a hole to the grave of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fayadkhulu fiha fayad'u and so he would enter that grave that place and he would make dua فَنَهَاهُ And so he prohibited him from doing so. He would go to that place, to the grave of the Prophet وسلم, and he would make dua to Allah. And so he prohibited him and he said, وَقَالَ أَلَا أُحَدِّثُكُمْ حَدِيثًا سَمِعْتُهُ مِنْ أَبِي شِرَتَيُّ حَدِيثٍ That I heard from my, that I heard from my father. Who's his father? Al-Husayn ibn Ali. عَنْ جَدِّي from my grandfather, Ali ibn Abi Talib. عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ From the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم. قَالَ لَا تَتَّخِذُوا قَبْرِي as a place that you constantly go to. وَلَا بُيُوتَكُمْ قُبُورًا And do not make your houses as graveyards. فَإِنَّ تَسْلِيمَكُمْ يَبْلُغُنِي أَيْنَ كُنْتُمْ Because your salam, your taslim, sending salam to the Prophet ﷺ, it reaches me whenever, wherever you are. And that's the same meanings that we went through before. رواه في المختارة المختارة is what? The book of ضياء المقدسي المختارة is the book of ضياء المقدسي المختار من الحديث something like that في مسائل الأولى تفسير آية البراءة so the مسائل تفسير آية البراءة which we went through لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم 
Thaniya ibadu ummatahu an hadha al-hima ghayat al-bu'd that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he tried to make us far away from this sanctity as far as he could thalitha dhikru hirsihi alayna wa ra'fatihi wa rahmatihi mentioning the eagerness the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was upon us and has, he had compassion for us and he was merciful upon us ar-rabi'a nahyuhu an ziyarati qabrihi ala wajh makhsus that he prohibited for the people to visit his grave in a certain, in a particular way. Even though visiting it is one of the best of actions. Why is visiting the grave of the Prophet ﷺ the best of actions? Because visiting the graves, is it sunnah or not? Sunnah, right? It's sunnah to visit the graves. And sunnah and visiting the grave of the Prophet ﷺ is the best of graves. Therefore, it's sunnah. It's one of the best actions to visit the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. But he prohibited us from constantly doing it and doing it in that certain way. Why? In order to cut off the, the road to shirk or the path to shirk. He prohibited us from constantly going and visiting. That he commanded us to do our nawafil, voluntary prayers in our houses. It is known to them that you don't pray in the graveyard. Why? Because the hadith said, don't make your houses a graveyard. Because Making a house as a graveyard means that you don't pray there because the only place that you don't pray is a graveyard. الثامنة تعليله ذلك بأن صلاة الرجل وسلامه عليه يبلغه وإن بعد. That he said that the reason why is because the salah and the salam of a person it reaches the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم even if he's far away. فلا حاجة إلى ما يتوهمه من أراد القرب. So there's no reason, no, 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 there's no reason for a person to try to go close. التاسعة كونه صلى الله عليه وسلم في البرزخ تعرض عليه أعمال أمته في الصلاة والسلام. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the برزخ in the life in the grave the salah and the salam of us it is presented to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. Hmm. There's a difference of opinion amongst the scholars What is salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa What does it mean? The salah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Strongest one, wallahu a'lam Some say it is mercy Make, make dua, wallah, have so mercy to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam But Abu al-Aliyah al-Riyahi Mentions in Sahih al-Bukhari Al-Bukhari narrates from Abu al-Aliyah al-Riyahi From the tabi'een He said that salah to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Allah is mentioning dhikruhu fil mala'il a'la mentioning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in praise amongst the highest of angels meaning when you say oh Allah send salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it means oh Allah mention him in praise amongst the highest of angels and so they say salah from Allah is mentioning amongst the highest angels and salah from the angels is mercy so you make you make salah the same the angels in Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala an-nabi with the angels they send salah on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam right sallallahu alaihi wasallam what does that mean they make dua for mercy for him and also salah from the human beings is dua generally make dua so if dua from salah from Allah from anyone send salah or Allah send salah upon a person it means or Allah mentioned him amongst the highest of angels so the angels send salah on this person it means they are making dua for him for mercy and Anyone else, human beings between each other, it is salah between them, it is dua. Because Allah says, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Send salah upon them. He commanded the Prophet ﷺ to send salah upon us. When he takes the charity from us, takes zakah from us. The sunnah, when you take zakah from someone, you, you make dua for them. Because it says, صَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Make dua for them, yani. You understand? 
It's not reserved only for the Prophet, no. But it should be something that is it shouldn't make it shouldn't be made specific for anyone except for the Prophets. Except for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah, for example, Radiallahu Anhu, you can say it for anyone. But it's something that shouldn't be done constantly for anyone except for the companions. Because they are the ones who have taraddi on them. And the salah of the Prophet can be made for someone else and other, other prophets, but it should be made specific to the prophets or the Prophet Muhammad. Last question. Uh, no, on the same issues that uh, because certain people wonder in the Shia, they refer to Imam Ali. Imam is one of the things, so you shouldn't say Imam for Ali. There's something the Shia they do. And they call him Ali Salam as well and say Ali Ali Salam. Yeah, it shouldn't be done. Even though it's allowed. But it shouldn't be made as a signal of Ali. Like for example, when some people, Sufis especially, they, they're, they're mutaathir by Shia, they have a effect, they've been affected by the Shia, they say Imam Ali. They say Imam Ali. It's not, it's not nothing wrong. He wasn't Imam. He was Imam in Deen. He was Imam of Khalifa. He wasn't Imam, yes. But it's not a name that should be stuck to him. It shouldn't be a name that's stuck to him. Or Ali Salam shouldn't be something that is stuck to him. Radiallahu anha. Radiallahu anhu. Or even the four imams. The four imams, they say, radiallahu anhu, those people who love the, the very fanatical when it comes to madhahib, the four madhahib, they say, radiallahu anhu, constantly with the four imams. It's allowed, but it's not something that should be consistently done. طيب. Or, like Fatima al-Zahra, or Umar ibn Abdul Aziz being the fifth khalifa. These kind of things are all mistakes that are, that are constant, that are on the tongue of people because of the effects of Shia and deviant beliefs. For example, you say, the fifth, the fifth Khalifa, there's four Khalifa al-Rashidin, right? And they say, the, who has heard the fifth one is who? Umar ibn Aziz, right? What about Muawiyah? Who's better, Umar ibn Aziz or Muawiyah? Muawiyah, right? Muawiyah is better than Umar ibn Aziz. They say, Ibn Mubarak was asked, who's better? Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa who was the fifth Khalifa after the Khalifa al-Rashidun, the four Khalifa al-Rashidun, rightly guided Khalifa. He was the fifth one. But they say the fifth one is Umar, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Because the Shia, they don't like Muawiyah. So they say, the Muawiyah, they, 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 they ignore that. They ignore that. And so Ibn Mubarak, Abdullah Ibn Mubarak was asked, who's better, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz or Muawiyah radiallahu anhu? So he said, the toenail of Muawiyah is better than Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. That's a companion. There's no one that's, next, that's, that's, that's better than companions. The lowest of the companions, the lowest of the companions is better than anyone that came after them. There's something, these alfaz, these words need to be understood and worked on when we say it. Imam Ali, Zainab, Fatima uh, al-Zahra, things like that, these kind of names. Huh? Uh, those kind of, these kind of things need to be looked into. طيب. باب ما جاء في أن بعض هذه الأمة باب ما جاء أن بعض هذه الأمة يعبد الأوثان. This chapter is to prove that some of this ummah will worship idols. There will be people in this ummah that will worship idols besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the wathan? Anything that is worshipped besides Allah. I mentioned that. طيب. Why are you mentioning this? Because the people, that, especially at the time of the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, and also today, you find that they would negate, they would say this ummah is impossible for them to fall into shirk. And they would bring their hadith, which I mentioned to you guys earlier on. They would say that it's impossible for this ummah to commit shirk. And these are, this is a lie and not possible. طيب. وقول الله تعالى ألم ترى إلى الذين أوتوا نصيبا من الكتاب يؤمنون بالجبت والطاغوت Do you see those people who were given a portion of the book يعني the Jews and the Christians or the Jews specifically here here specifically talking about the Jews they believe in الجبت and طاغوت الجبت is shaitan no sorry الجبت is magic والطاغوت is shaitan 
Egypt is magic and Tagut is shaitan. The Jews they believed in what? Magic and shaitan. And that is therefore falling into shirk, right? Why is that evidence for us? Uh, that this ummah is going to be going to fall into shirk? The Prophet said that this ummah is going to follow You are going to follow those sunan, the ways of the people before you. You know the, 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 when you make a, um, a bone, an arrow, for the bone arrow, shooting arrow, the back of it. The back of it needs to be perfect. Why? Because if it's not perfect, the arrow is not going to be straight. It's not going to shoot straight. It's going to go bent when you shoot it. So you say, you're going to follow those people who came before you like those things at the back of the arrows. Exactly what they do. Meaning that everything that happened in the previous nations is going to happen in this ummah. Everything. Hatta the Prophet said, even if there was a man who had intercourse with his mother in the previous nations, that will happen in this ummah as well. So everything that happens in the ummah, in previous ummahs, umam, it will happen in this ummah as well. So look at the Jews, they believed in Al-Jibt tagut They believed in magic and, and shaitan, meaning they worshipped other than Allah. So therefore in this ummah there will be people who worship Jibt, shaitan, magic as well. Egypt and magic and shaitan. Tayyib. This ayah was revealed about a group of people from the Mushrikun of Quraysh when they went to the Jews. The Mushrikun of Quraysh, they, were, they weren't people of knowledge. The Jews were known to have a book, they had a Torah. So they were, they were known to be the people of knowledge. So they went to the Mushrikun, um, they went to the Jews and they said, oh, to the Jews, this man Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and his followers, is he more guided or are we more guided? And they knew that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was a true Prophet. And so they looked and they said, you are more guided to the Mushrikun. So Allah revealed this ayah, said, you see those people who are given a portion of the book, they believe in, in, in Al-Jibt Wal-Taghut, in magic and, and, and shaitan. And they say to the disbelievers, You are more guided than those people who you believe. You are more guided than the believers. Right? These are the people who Allah cursed, the Jews. Again, the Jews. Allah says, tell me, should I tell you about something that is worse than this that was mentioned before? Those who were cursed by Allah. And Allah was angry against them. And he changed some of them to monkeys and pigs. يعني they were changed. Their bodies were changed to the bodies of monkeys and pigs. وعبد الطاغوت and they worship طاغوت the Jews the fact that the Jews worship طاغوت it shows that now there will come people in this ummah who also worship الطاغوت they worship shaitan and they worship the magic the difference between Wathan and Taghut is Wathan is something that is intended to be worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, um, in terms of Qastul Ibadah, you intend with it Al Ibadah. And Al Taghut is more general. Taghut is more general, which is that Kullu ma tajawaza bihil abdu haddahu min ma'budin o matbu'in o muta'a. Anything that you worship or you follow besides Allah or you obey over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's more general. Tayyib. 
Last question, that was the last question. Uh, uh, no. Sorry, I was going to say, uh, what, we were talking about one of the things, one of the, like, the heads of the Ta'ud is uh, someone who, who registered other than what Allah said because they believe it's better. And there's also the ayah that they, the, the Jews and the Christians took their eyes and wants as laws about Allah. Is that connected? Yeah, they, they took their Lord besides Allah by obeying them. Yeah. They say that when they say something halal, they obey them, they believe it's halal. Understand? So it's tawut. They took them as tawagit by obeying them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وقل نسى وقولي تعالى قال الذين غلبوا على أمرهم لنتخذن عليهم مسجدا the people of of كهف you know the story of the 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 youth of the cave the story of the youth of the cave they slept for three hundred and three hundred years for three hundred years and then they when they woke up and the people they saw them as a miracle so when they died the people they said لنتخذن عليهم مسجدا we're going to build a masjid on them and they're they're righteous people so let's make build a masjid and we worship Allah at the masjid where their graves are. Right? And so that happened amongst those people and they are the Jews, the Banu Israel. According to the correct opinion, Wallahu Alam. Difference of opinion, who are they? Were they from the Christian Ummah or were from the Jews? Wallahu Alam, they were from the Jews. Taib. And they took a, they, they made a masjid over their graves. And so this Ummah will do the same thing. عن أبي سعيد رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said and this is the hadith that shows that, that this ummah will follow everything that happens in the previous ummah. He said, You will follow, no doubt. So the lamb is للقسم, or للتأكيد, for emphasis. is also for ta'kid for emphasis. So he says, You will definitely 100% follow the, the ways of those people before you. The way of, a, of, a, of a, the end of a, of, a, of a bow, right? You know the bow, the bow and the arrow? The arrow, sorry. The, the arrow. The end of the arrow, you're going to follow, it's going to be, you're going to do exactly the same thing. حَتَّى لَوْ دَخَلُوا جُحْرَ ضَبٍ لَدَخَلْتُمُهُ Even if they were to enter into the lizard hole, you also enter into a lizard hole. Lizard hole, somewhere you're going to, if you enter, you're going to get bitten, but people are going, you're going to follow them in that way. قَالُوا يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, الْيَهُودُ وَالنَّصَارَى الْيَهُودَ وَالنَّصَارَى You mean the Jews and the Christians, we're going to follow them? قَالَ فَمَنْ He said, who else? Of course, Jews and the Christians. أَخْرَجَا so therefore everything that's going to happen amongst them is going to happen amongst this ummah. وَلِمُسْلِمٍ عَنْ ثَوْبَانِ Muslim narrated from Thawban رضي الله عنه أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said إِنَّ اللَّهَ زَوَالِيَ الْأَرْضِ فَرَأَيْتُ مَشَارِقَهَا وَمَغَارِبَهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the earth up to me. يعني made it small for me to the point that I could see the east and the west of the earth. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah made the earth small for him so he can see it. وَإِنَّ أُمَّتِي سَيَبْلُغُ مُلْكُهَا مَا زُبِيَ لِي مِنْهَا And the, 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 the kingdom of my, of my nation, of my ummah, will reach everything that I saw from the east and the west. وَأُعْطِيتُ الْكَنْزَيْنِ الْأَحْمَرَ وَالْأَبْيَضِ And I was given the two treasures, the red and the white, يعني gold and silver. Gold and silver, الأحمر والأبيض. The red and the white, يعني gold and silver. وَإِنِّي سَأَلْتُ رَبِّي لِأُمَّتِي أَلَّا يُهْلِكَهَا بِسَنَةٍ بِعَامَّةٍ وَأَلَّا يُسَلِّطَ عَلَيْهَا عَلَيْهِمْ عَدُوَّ مِنْ سِوَى أَنفُسِهِمْ فَيَسْتَبِيحَ بِيضَتَهُمْ And I'm asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to destroy my ummah with one destruction. يعني one thing comes, one earthquake, one punishment comes and it destroys all of the ummah. That shows what? That this ummah will never be destroyed altogether. Like the people of Thamud, of Ad, Thamud, people of Nuh, they were all destroyed in one punishment. As for our ummah, then there will be punishments here and there, but the whole ummah is never going to be destroyed all at once. Because we're going to be here until the day of judgment. 
And that the enemies don't come and destroy all of them. Yani one enemy comes and destroys the whole ummah. It will never happen. And my, my Lord, he said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, إِنِّي قَضَيْتُ قَضَاءً فَإِنَّهُ إِنِّي إِذَا قَضَيْتُ قَضَاءً فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُرَدُ He said, O oh Muhammad, Allah is saying this, O oh Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when I decree a decree, it is never rejected. وَإِنِّي أُعْطِيْتُكَ وَإِنِّي أَعْطِيْتُكَ لِأُمَّتِكَ أَلَّا أُهْلِكَهَا بِسَنَةٍ بِعَامَّةٍ And I have given you this, that I will not destroy your ummah, all of them altogether once. And I'm not going to give them a send an enemy amongst, amongst them, and so that enemy is going to destroy all of them at once. Even if the whole ummah, everyone, the whole world, they, they gather against this ummah, they will never be able to destroy this whole ummah. Even if the whole world gather against this ummah, they will never be able to destroy our ummah. But what's going to happen is. That our ummah themselves, they're going to fight amongst themselves. And they're going to destroy themselves. And they will take each other as slaves. And that's what happened, right? And that is something that the Prophet ﷺ, he told us. In another narration of this hadith, he brings the reason why he brings this hadith. He says, And in addition to this hadith, Al-Burqani narrated in Sahih, But the thing that I fear upon my ummah, is they are imams, leaders are that are misguided, imams that are misguided, scholars that are misguided. This is what I fear upon my ummah. And when the sword comes down on this ummah, it will never be lifted until the day of judgment. The sword, yani, when the ummah they start fighting amongst each other, when the ummah start fighting amongst each other, it will never be lifted until the day of judgment. There will always be. Civil wars between this ummah. And then he said, look what he said here. وَلَا تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ حَتَّى يَلْحَقَ حَيٌّ مِّنْ أُمَّتِي بِالْمُشْرِكِينَ And the day of judgment will never happen until a hay, يعني groups. Hay, يعني means a tribe. الأحياء, today, يعني you find the word hay in Arabic, what does it mean? The area, right? Area, hay, fulan, hay. Why did he name that? Because when, when the Arab tribes generally, or generally as tribes, when they move to a certain place, they they stay in the tribe. They stay together. Yeah, certain people in a certain tribe they all stay together. And some communities you see that even in London, you say this tribe is here, this tribe is there. You see that you see that in different places. The Arabs or the different communities they stay in a place. So because the tribes they would stay in one place, they would call the place a hay because they are tribes. So the point is here that some tribes from this ummah yalhaqa hayyum min ummati bil mushrikin. A group of my, my ummah, they will go to the mushrikun. And groups of my ummah, they would worship awthan, besides Allah, things besides Allah. And so the Prophet said that it will happen. As a refutation of who? Those people who say that this ummah can never fall into shirk. Rather they can. The hadith is clear. And in this ummah there will be 30 liars. كلهم يزعموا أنه نبي. All of them they claim that he's a prophet. وأنا خاتم النبيين. I am the last of the prophets. لا لا نبي بعدي. There is no prophet after me. ولا تزال طائفة من أمتي طيب. We give all of the, all of that news that's going to happen. But despite that, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي. There will never cease to remain a group of my ummah. على الحق upon the truth. Upon the truth. 
Mansurah, they will be given victory. La yadurruhum man khadalahum. Those people who forsake them will not harm them. Meaning, those people who know they're upon the truth but they don't help them. In another narration, Walaman Khalafahum, all those those who oppose them. Those people are upon the truth. The truth is going to prevail with or without you. The truth is going to prevail with or without you. And those people who go against you are not going to harm the truth. The people who go against the people of the truth, they're never going to harm them. Not only that, but the people who forsake the people of the truth, they're too scared, they're too cowardly to come out with the truth. They're not going to harm the people of the truth as well. لا يضرهم من خالف من خذلهم حتى يأتي أمر الله until the command of Allah comes meaning the the day of judgment تبارك وتعالى Allah سبحانه وتعالى تبارك وتعالى an ayah that reminded that we reminded in, in about this in the Quran is when Allah سبحانه وتعالى says يا أيها الذين آمنوا من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف يأتي الله بقوم أو يهو believe whoever returns and leaves his religion then Allah سبحانه وتعالى will bring about a new group of people meaning everyone's replaceable. No one's indispensable. فَزَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ They love Allah and Allah loves them. Or Allah loves them and they love Allah. أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ What's the description of these people? They're humble in front of the believers. أَعِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ They're strong against these believers. يُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ They fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَا يَخَافُونَ لَوْمَ تَلَائِمٍ they stay firm upon the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ شَاءُ وَاللَّهُ ذُو الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمِ And that, so that chapter is to show what? There will always be, there will be a group of people in this ummah who will worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فيه مسائل, in this chapter there are مسائل. الأولى, تفسير آية النساء. The tafsir of the ayah of النساء. سورة النساء, right? The ayah that alam tara illa dhinu utu nasirun min kitab, na'am. الثانية تفسير آية المائدة تفسير آية المائدة تفسير آية الكهف الرابعة وهي أهمها ما معنى الإيمان بالجبت والطاغوت في هذا الموضع هل هو اعتقاد قلب أو هو مفوافقة أصحابها مع بغضها ومعرفة بطلانها What does it mean الإيمان بالجبت والطاغوت Believing in جبت and طاغوت Believing in magic and الطاغوت Does it mean that you, have to, you believe in your heart that they're they, they, they correct no, not necessarily. It is موافقة أصحابها to agree with them. مع بغضها ومعرفة بطلانها even if you know they're, they're false. يعني the Jews, what does that mean? The Jews, the Jews, they were considered to have worshipped their rabbis besides Allah. And their rabbis were considered to be mushrikun, believing in Jibt and Taghut because they would say something is halal when it was actually haram. And they would say in front of Allah, they'll say to the person, riba is halal. They'll believe it. They'll believe it's halal. I don't believe, sorry. They would say it's halal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do istihlal. Okay? They would say that it is halal. And so, the fact that they don't even believe that it's something that's good. They believe that they are making, making it out of themselves. They believe they're making it out of themselves. They were still considered to be mushrikun. And the reason why he brings this is those people, those people who say, especially amongst this ummah, when they say that why are you worshipping these idols? They will say we're, we're following our fathers. They hear the evidences and they see that the evidences clearly point that it is haram to do such a thing but they still choose to follow their fathers. These people are also considered to be mushrikun even if they don't really believe in what their fathers are doing. They just do it. And they know that this is the truth but they don't follow it. They're still, still considered to be kuffar. 
Al-Khamis, and that shows the importance of following the Sunnah of the the, 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 lead, the evidence. When evidence comes to you, you have nothing to say except for Sami'na wa ata'na, we hear and we obey. Not just we hear. Al-Khamisah, number five is Qawluhum inna al-kufara alladhina ya'arifuna kufrahum ahda sabila min al-mu'minin. The in al-kufara alladhina ya'arifuna kufrahum ahda sabila min al-mu'minin. Oh, that they said, remember the story of the Jews. The ayah was revealed. The mushrikun, they came to the Jews and they said, who's more, more rightly guided? The Jews, they said, that the mushrikun are more rightly guided. Even though they knew that the believers were more rightly guided. Sadisa wa hiya al-maqsudu to be tarjama. The intention behind this chapter is All of these things is going to happen amongst this Ummah Like we have seen in the hadith of Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu Number 7 is That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Clearly said that it will happen Not only will it happen But it will happen with Kathra, it will happen amongst a lot of people. And we see that today, a large group of people who claim to be Muslims, they are connected and just, they just want their whole lives is with the graves. Have you not seen that they will pay money, they will pay money to go and do Hajj to where? To the grave of Khomeini, to the grave of Hussein ibn Ali, to Iran, to the grave of some, so and so, whoever. All of these things because their hearts are connected to this and they all claim to be saying La ilaha illallah. And it's sad what you see in, the, in these places. People crying. People putting the mud of that person's grave on their face. People giving money. Giving money to, to, the, to the grave. Not, not, not knowing that there's money that is only going to be taken by the person who looks after the grave and is going to keep it. Giving milk and offerings like the Hindus they do. They're following the ways of the Hindus. People are co- claiming to have Tawheed. Yeah. Other people at the um, graveyards and stuff like that, they don't believe it. Hey, what graveyards? Um, the graveyards they're talking about. No, they, they believe it's allowed. It's in Medina. No, in Medina, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve that and keep it in that way. No, not in Medina, alhamdulillah. There's people who preserve I'm talking about in other countries. Alhamdulillah, rabbi alameen. No. You know the no, no, no. It means that there will be 30 people who claim to be a prophet and they'll have a large following. Has that really happened? Allah, I have to count that. Um, but you have the first, for example, Musaylimat al Kadhab. You have recently um, the what's the Ahmadis, Ahmadis. The Ahmadis, Elijah Muhammad, the Ahmadis. Who are the Ahmadis again? Ghulam something. The nation of Islam as well. It happens, every, but they have a large following. It doesn't mean that everyone's claiming, claiming to it. Like the guy on Islam channel on Peace TV. <laughs> Down the Mahdi. Yeah, them ones. But not that. I'm talking about people who have, they have a large following. And there's a lot of them that happen. In the past century, there's many. In the past century, there's happened a lot. Something that's strange. Someone who comes out and he claims to be a prophet, like Al Mukhtar. So he's talking about someone called Al Mukhtar at his time who claimed to be a prophet. Despite him saying the Shahadatain, La ilaha illallah. 
Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa tasrihihi annahu min hadhi al-ummah and he says he's part of this ummah wa anna al-rasul haq and the messenger is the truth wa anna al-Qur'an haq and the Qur'an is the truth he says all of this wa fihi anna Muhammadan khatamun nabiyin and in the Qur'an and the Sunnah it says that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last of prophets wa ma'a hadha yusaddaqu fi hadha kullihi ma'a al-tabadi wal-al-wadih and despite that he still believed yani Musaylam is al-kathab he would say I know you're the Muhammad or the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but I'm the messenger after you and the people will follow him people will follow him and if, you know if you notice if you think about it a lot of these people who are followed is because of their tribes Muslim said Kadhab the people who followed him was the people of his tribe it wasn't, it wasn't the majority of the Muslims it was the people of his tribe and they fought for him right because this tribalism is a disease it can cause a person to fall into shirk a person just because it says uh, he's, from, he's from my tribe therefore I'm going to give him victory as the, as the Arabs of Jahiliyyah they said and the people and the people of Jahiliyyah today they say that was because he's from my tribe I'm with him and that's a disease that's amongst a lot of people today وَالْعِيَادُ بِاللَّهِ وَمَعَ هَذَا يُصَدِقُ الْوَاضِحِ وَقَدْ خَرَجَ الْمُخْتَارُ فِي آخِرِ عَصْرِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَتَبِعَهُ فِي آمٍ كَثِيرًا المُخْتَارُ sorry he wasn't at the time of the Sheikh he was at the time of the end of the Sahaba وَتَبِعَهُ فِي آمٍ كَثِيرًا a lot of people they followed him التَّاسِعَةِ الْبِشَارَةُ بِأَنَّ الْحَقَّ لَا يَزُولُ بِالْكُلِّيَةِ بل لا تزال عليه طائفة Rather a group of people will also always be upon this truth And this truth will always be in this ummah العاشرة الآية العظمى أنهم مع قلتهم لا يضرهم من خذلهم This ayah That even though they're very little The people of the truth they're very little لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم Those people who go against them And those people who forsake them Will not harm them الحادية عشرة أن ذلك من أشراط الساعة That's from the signs of the day of judgment الثانية عشرة ما فيه من الآيات العظيمة منها إخباره من بأن بأن الله زواله المشارق والمغارب the signs that was in this great hadith that Allah سبحانه وتعالى made the earth small and made him see the east and the west وأخبر بمعنى ذلك and he told us the meaning of that فوقع كما أخبر بخلاف الجنوب والشمال وإخباره بأنه أعطي الكنزين and talks about um, happened مع أن كل واحدة منها من أبعد ما يكون في العقول. Even though these things they are not something that are comprehended by the by the science by the by the عقل by by intellect. يعني it is so not is not understood. It's not it doesn't make sense for people to follow another prophet. And all of these things that he said is going to happen, it doesn't make sense for it to happen, but it happened. And that is a sign of the truthfulness of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. الثالثة عشر نمبر ثلاثين حصره الخوف على أمته من الأئمة المضلين. Like he said the only thing that he fears for is for A'immat al-Mudillin Imams that are misguided and they misguide other people And this is the reason why people are misguided from their religion Because of Imams that are Mudillin, misguided Al-Rabi'a al-Tanbihu ala ma'na ibadat al-Awthan The meaning of worshipping al-Awthan So the Imam al-Mudillin is it Both Both, leadership and in 
deen. People who call to anything that is other than the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have a following, they are immat al-muddaleen. Um, the last thing we'll end with is an advice that my brothers and sisters, all of you are upon, insha'Allah ta'ala, thaghrum min al-jihad. You are in the trenches of the trenches of jihad right now. The person seeking knowledge, he is a mujahid fi sabilillah in the path of Allah, fighting in the path of Allah until he goes, comes back from that, from that thing that he goes. Why? That he, from, from that seeking of knowledge. Why? Because this deen is only going to be given victory through people like you, through people who are coming and learning the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا لَمَّا صَبَرُوا وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُقِنُونَ We made these people a'imma. And there's something that a brother told me, and subhanAllah, it's a true benefit. Which is that these people, they were, they were made a'imma. They were made leaders. أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا they, they were guided with their path. Through the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or through the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When? When, we, when did they become, become imams in their religion? لَمَّا صَبَرُوا When they had patience. وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُقِنُونَ And they had certainty in the ayat of Allah. Can a person have certainty without knowledge? Of course not. A person cannot gain that position of leadership in the dunya. And a nation cannot gain the position of leadership in this dunya, the Muslim nation. They can never gain this place of leadership in this ummah except by knowledge. That's why Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said an athar, and I constantly repeat it. That was narrated by Dari in his Musnad, or in his, in his Sunan. That he said, كان من مضى من علمائنا يقولون التمسك والاعتصام بالسنة نجاه. The people or the scholars before us they used to say, who are the scholars before Ibn Shahab al-Zuhri? Ibn Shahab al-Zuhri was who? From the Tabi'een, right? The students of the Sahaba. He was from the young Tabi'een. He met some of the Sahaba. So when he's saying, my our scholars, they used to say, who's he talking about? The Sahaba and the major Tabi'een. They used to say. Holding on to the sunnah is safety. Al-i'tisam al-tamasuku bil-sunnah najah. Wal-ilmu yuqbadu qabdan sari'an. And knowledge is going to be taken suddenly. Fabaqa'u al-ilm. O fana'ashu al-ilm. Thabatu al-deeni wal-dunya. And so if knowledge is present amongst the people, that is the thabat. That is how your deen and your dunya is going to be firm. The deen and the people's, their religion is going to be there. They're going to be religious because they have knowledge. Spreading knowledge amongst the people is what's going to make them religious. And it's going to give them safety in the dunya as well. Spreading, spreading knowledge. This is the Sahaba, right? The Sahaba, they don't speak about the, they don't speak in the, about the, in, the, in, the, in the religion with their desires, right? Sahaba, they take it from Athar, from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he's saying, holding on to knowledge is the thabat al-deen wa dunya Your deen and your dunya becoming in place. وَذَهَابُ الْعِلْمِ And knowledge going away is ذَهَابُ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ is all of that going away. The deen and the dunya is going away. My brothers and sisters, you are the people who are holding on to this religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people are inshallah going to be spreading the religion of Allah. Taking the Quran and the sunnah in the way of the salaf and spreading it is how this ummah is going to be given victory. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said about these people, when the, he said, فَلَوْلَا نَفَرَ مِنْ كُلِّ فِرْقَةٍ مِّنْهُمْ طَائِفَةٌ لِيَتَفَقَّهُ فِي الدِّينِ وَلِيُنْذِرُوا قَوْمَهُمْ إِذَا رَجَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَحْذَرُونَ When the groups of people, they're going out for jihad. Allah said, let there be a group of people who remain behind. 
so that they can teach the people their religion. They remain behind and teach the people their religion. Is that not a type of jihad? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in a, in a context of fighting for the sake of Allah. These people, they stay behind and they teach the people their religion. And when those mujahidun, they come back, they teach them their religion as well. This is the greatest of jihad. So holding on and seeking this knowledge is the best of actions that you can do. One of the best of actions that you can do. And another thing I would say is, that is something that is rare. It's not something that's amongst everyone. Not a lot of people are going to be doing it. And so don't be frightened. Don't feel lonely. Don't feel this wahsha. Don't feel this, uh, this sense of, I'm the only one amongst my, your whole area. I'm the only one in my family. I'm the only one amongst a large group of people who are seeking knowledge and saying these things. When everyone else is just quiet, they don't believe in these things. Don't ever feel that this is something that shows that you're wrong. Because the people of the truth were always little, right? That's why the Prophet said, A group of my ummah, they always be upon the truth, right? And Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran about them, That the people who were saved, they were a small group of people. The small group of people. And that's why. The Prophet وسلم, he said in the hadith, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا فَطُوبَ لِلْغُرَبَاءِ Islam started off as something strange and it will end as something strange. So glad tidings, طُوبَى All good in the dunya and the akhirah be for the غُرَبَاءِ the strangers. They said, وَمَنَ الْغُرَبَاءِ Who are the strangers or messenger of Allah? And he gave many different answers in different narrations. And one of them he says, النُزَاعُ مِنَ الْقَبَائِلِ They are individuals from different tribes. يعني what does that mean? They're from different tribes. The fact that they're from the same place doesn't gather them together. The fact that the same color doesn't gather them together. The fact that they're from the same area, same background doesn't gather them together. No racism, no nationalism, nothing. The only thing that gathers them together is what? The truth. These are the ghuraba. The people who are they're going to be little. Ghuraba means something that's strange, right? People are strange. The people are strange. They're very little in number. Especially at the end of times, they're going to be very little in number. So you students of knowledge, no doubt, Allah, the students of knowledge, they're very little in number. So... As we, inshallah ta'ala, we uh, stop these lessons, keep seeking this knowledge and have this intention that this knowledge that I'm learning, I'm getting closer to Allah and I'm going to spread amongst my people because this is the way that this ummah is going to be given victory. If a group of people, they think that the ummah is going to be given victory without knowledge, they know that they are, going to, they are bound for destruction. And with the knowledge of what? The Tawheed, the Quran and the Sunnah, According to the way of the Salaf of this Ummah. No other knowledge is going to benefit the people. And that's why Allah says in the Quran, Allah promises those who believe from amongst you, الصالحات, and they do good deeds. Those people who believe and do good deeds, they are the ones who are going to be given istikhlaf on the earth. They're going to be given leadership on the earth. Like He gave leadership to those people before Him. He's going to give them and he's going to give them the, the leadership of the religion. He's going to change the religion of the people for the religion that they are pleased with. I mean the religion of the people is going to be the religion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with when they believe and do good deeds. He's going to give establishment to the religion of Allah. And he's going to change their state of fear to a state of safety. When is this going to happen? When the people, لا يشركون بشيء. At the end of the ayah, they worship me alone and they don't do shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
من كثر بعد ذلك فأولئك هم الفاسقون والله أعلم وأنت ذين شاء الله تعالى um, this is the last lesson for for the, until the after lockdown. Inshallah, I'll see you guys after that. But there will be some online lessons, so um, follow that. Inshallah, on, on social media, whether it be Twitter or on Instagram. Um, but Inshallah, it will be updated. Wallahu a'lam. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wasallam. Tisbihi kathir. Alhamdulillah.